when I counsel couples, I often talk to them about what I call active listening. Communication is sometimes a problem for married folks, and active listening is something that can help. You see, what happens so often, we hear what another person says, and then we walk away assuming we understood what they meant. For instance, my wife might say to me, we're getting low on bread. What I hear her say is, we're going to need bread soon. It could be what she was actually saying is, go get some bread. See, active listening helps prevent miscommunication like that. And this is what it would look like. Angela says to me, we're going to need bread soon. And I respond to her by asking, does that mean you would like me to go pick up some bread? See, I'm not just hearing what she said. I'm making, I, I'm making sure I understand what she intended to communicate. Are you with me? It's active listening. Okay, what I'm hearing you say is this. Is that what you meant? I'm going to the trouble to make sure that there's no miscommunication. To make sure I get the message. Can I tell you today, how well you listen matters. That's especially true when it comes to hearing the words of Jesus. We've seen in the Gospel of Mark in recent weeks this controversy surrounding Jesus and His ministry as all of the religious elite start to target Him. And as opposition to Jesus increases, it becomes clearer and clearer who is and who isn't a true follower of Jesus. It becomes clearer who is and who isn't a true disciple of Jesus. And as we saw last week, true disciples are those who hear the Word, receive it, and bear fruit. Another way to say that is true disciples are those who listen carefully to the Word. The verses we're going to look at today, they continue to emphasize the importance of hearing well, hearing the Word of God. We are called here today to listen carefully to the Word. Now, what we see in these verses, there are two reasons to listen and there are two calls to listen. In verses 21 and 22, we have a reason to listen to the Word. He follows that in verse 23 with a call to listen. He begins verses 24 and 25 with a second call to listen and then gives a second reason to listen. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the reasons to listen to the Word and then we're going to look at the call to listen to the Word. First of all, in these verses, there are two reasons to, look, to listen carefully to the Word. Here's the first one. Listen so you will know the good news. Listen because of the content. Verse 21. Jesus was saying to them, A lamp is not brought to be put under 
a basket, is it? Or under a bed? In the original language of the New Testament, what it actually says is, the lamp does not come to be put under a basket, does it? Hey, two things I want you to notice. It actually says the lamp, not a lamp. So he's talking about a specific lamp. Second thing I want you to notice, what it actually says is not the word brought, it's the word come. The lamp does not come. Now why is that important? Because things are brought. When you use the word come, you're talking about people. It's people that come, things are brought. So when Jesus says the lamp does not come, he's referring to a person and not just any person, he's referring to a specific person, he's referring to himself. In the Old Testament, the promised Messiah is sometimes referred to as a lamp. 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 19. However, the Lord was not willing to destroy Judah for the sake of David his servant, since he had promised to give him a lamp through him to his sons. Also remember John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. Now, I want you to follow this with me. In verse 21, what we have is a rhetorical question. It's a question where the answer is implied. And the way you understand a rhetorical question is to turn it into a statement. Here's what we might say. You don't bring a lamp to put it under a basket or under a bed. You bring it to put it on a lampstand. So what is Jesus saying to us here? I didn't come to be hidden, but to be revealed. Christ did not come into the world so that the truth about who He is and about God's kingdom should be hidden. He came so that it could be revealed. Jesus is saying, I came so that the truth could be made known. Not so that it would be covered up. Not so that it would remain hidden. Verse 22, look what it says. Nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. Notice the very first word in verse 22 is the word for. You could say because. Let me help you see this. Jesus is saying, I didn't come so that the truth remained hidden because... The truth is not intended to remain hidden. It's expected to be revealed. The secret has not intended to remain unknown, but it's intended to come to light. That's the point. You remember last week we looked at Mark 4 verse 11. Jesus was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom, but those who are outside get everything in parables. He's talking about the same thing as he is in verse 22. This secret, what is hidden, the mystery, they're all referring to the same thing. They're referring to the truth about Jesus and the kingdom of God. So what he's trying to tell us is, look, I came so that the truth about the kingdom could be made known. 
God didn't intend for the truth to remain hidden, but for it to be revealed. He didn't intend for it to remain secret, but for it to come to light. I want you to think with me for just a minute. In the Old Testament, the truth about Jesus and the kingdom of God was there. But it wasn't completely clear. It was hidden in signs and symbols. The people and events recorded in the Old Testament pointed to the future king and the kingdom, but in a somewhat veiled way. The kingdom was promised, the king was promised, but the specifics of who and how and when all remained a mystery. Let me help you see what I mean. The imperfect sacrifices of the Old Covenant. How do we know they were imperfect? Because they had to be done over and over and over again. Those imperfect sacrifices pointed to the need for a perfect sacrifice, which would be provided by Christ on the cross. The tabernacle and the temple of the Old Testament pointed to the future reality that God would dwell in and with His people by the Holy Spirit. A reality again made possible by Jesus' finished work on the cross. God's covenant with David pointed to the, to the reality of Christ coming as the eternal King. The Gospel was there all the way back in Genesis 3.15 when God said to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. He's speaking of how the seed of woman, a man, would crush Satan. Christ. Christ came, defeated Satan, crushed the head of the evil one by His perfect life, sacrificial death and glorious resurrection. All over the Old Testament, Christ is there. The Gospel is there. The truth of the Kingdom is there, but in somewhat of a veiled way. Always present. But it's only in hindsight, after Christ, that it becomes obvious. It's only after Jesus that we see the significance of the signs and symbols in the Old Testament. Only after Jesus, all the blanks start to be filled in. Last week we talked about the mystery mentioned in verse 11. I want to remind you how I define the word mystery. It's a truth that was not known in the past that cannot be understood apart from divine revelation and something that God has now revealed. And it's the truth about Jesus and about the kingdom of God. Specifically, the truth is that the kingdom of God has come in and with the person of Jesus. And, and what Jesus is trying to tell us in verse 22 is, God didn't intend for this truth about Christ, the good news of Jesus in the kingdom, to remain a mystery. He didn't intend for the secret to remain in secret. He didn't intend for what was hidden to remain hidden. Jesus came so that it could all be revealed, if you with me do this. The lamp came to be put on a lampstand. And Jesus follows that with verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. 
That means listen carefully. Because with the coming of Christ, the truth of God's kingdom and the gospel is finally being revealed. The more you listen, the more glorious truth you will understand. The better you listen, the better you will comprehend who Jesus is and what He's done for you. In Jesus and through Jesus, God is making known His plan to raise up a people for Himself, a people to glorify and enjoy Him forever. For heaven's sake, listen. I wonder if you get it. Your eternal destiny hinges on how well you listen to this message. As a Christian, your level of spiritual maturity depends on how well you listen to the Word. The, the level of your joy and peace in the Christian life depends on how well you listen. The content, because of what it is, this is the glorious good news of Christ and His kingdom. For heaven's sake, listen. Listen, if somebody can tell you how to invest $100 and make a million dollars in return, you're going to listen very carefully to what that person says. You'll probably make very careful notes. You may even get your phone out and record it. Why? You don't want to miss this. Can I tell you today, the truth that Jesus came to make known is infinitely better and infinitely more valuable than a million dollars. Listen. There's a second reason to listen I want you to see here. Listen so you will gain and not lose. This is in verses 24 and 25. Verse 24, Jesus begins with another call to listen. And He was saying to them, Take care what you listen to. Pay attention to what you are listening to. Listen attentively. Then he goes on and gives us another reason why we should listen carefully. Listen attentively. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you and more will be given you besides. There is a relationship between what you put in and what you get out. How you listen to the truth will affect how much of the truth you are able to receive and understand. Look at verse 25. Whoever has, to him more shall be given. So who is the person who has? The one who has is the person who has heard the word and responded positively. These are the disciples. These are the committed followers of Jesus. They may not know a lot yet, but what they have heard, they have paid attention to. They have listened well. They've made an effort to understand. They've listened with faith. As a result, Jesus says, they are given a greater capacity to understand the truth about Jesus and His kingdom. Now verse 25 again, whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. 
So who is the person who does not have? This is the one who has heard the word, but didn't respond positively. These are the Pharisees, the religious elite of Jesus' day. They didn't listen well to Jesus' words. They made no effort to understand Jesus' teachings. They didn't listen with faith. They simply dismissed and disregarded the truth. And because they refused to see the truth, their blindness would only increase. Because they refused to hear the truth, their deafness would only increase. One Bible commentator said it this way, These verses serve to encourage careful hearing because the care expended in understanding and responding to Jesus' parables will be proportionally rewarded. What you get out of them depends on what you put in. That's what Jesus is saying back in Mark 4, verses 11 and 12. To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand, otherwise they might return and be forgiven. You see, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they heard the truth Jesus spoke. They received it. So they were given an even greater understanding of Jesus and His kingdom. They listened well and they were rewarded with an increase in knowledge and understanding. The Pharisees, on the other hand, refused to hear Jesus. They just disregarded everything He said. So their willful blindness would be met with an even greater blindness. Their willful ignorance would be met with an increase in ignorance. Their refusal to hear would eventually lead to an inability to hear. Once upon a time, I was an electrician. One of the tools I used most often was a pair of lineman pliers. When they're new, they're just about not worth a spit. They're stiff, you know. But the more you use them, the better they get. Once they get broke in, that hinge gets loosened up, those things are great. The longer you have them, the better they actually get. The easier they are to use. But when I stopped being an electrician, and my pliers laid on the shelf for a few years without being used very much, that old hinge starts to get rust in it. That blade starts to get dull. And if you leave them like that long enough, they eventually become worthless. See, the word's like that. The more you use it, the better it gets. But if you don't use it, you lose it. You lose it. This is both a promise and a warning. It's a promise that if you listen well to the word about who Jesus is, the word Jesus speaks, you will understand a greater, you will receive a greater understanding of who Jesus is. If you listen well to the word about the kingdom, you will receive an even greater understanding of a kingdom. This is a promise. If you listen well, you'll be rewarded with greater understanding, greater knowledge, greater joy in the word. It's also a warning. If you don't listen well to the truth you have heard, 
your capacity to hear and understand the truth will decrease. It will not remain the same. The more you disregard the word, the more your appetite for the word decreases. The more you dismiss the word, the less your ability to understand the word will become. Let me say it to you like this. Careful listeners receive an increase in spiritual perception. Casual hearers receive a decrease in spiritual perception. Careful hearers receive an increase in spiritual perception. Casual hearers receive a decrease in spiritual perception. That is why it's so critical that you listen carefully and attentively to the Word. Two reasons. To listen to the Word carefully. The content and the consequences. Now, let's talk about the call to listen. This is in 23 and the second, the first half of verse 24. Verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Everyone has ears, but not everybody has ears to hear in the sense that Jesus is speaking of. You see, some people just hear the Word and it goes in one ear and out the other. They're casual hearers. They're those like the first three hearers in the parable of the soils we looked at last week. The ones who just hear it, dismiss it immediately. The ones who seem to receive it, but as soon as things get tough, they let it go. Those who receive it, but they love the world too much for it ever to be of any use to them. Casual hearers, in one ear, out the other. Those who have ears to hear are those who truly listen and they seek understanding. They hear. They believe. They produce fruit. The same call is repeated in verse 24, just in different words. And Jesus was saying to them, take care what you listen to. Pay close attention to the truth that you are hearing. Jesus said, if you have the ability to hear Please, by all means, exercise that ability and listen carefully. Let me say it to you like this. Don't just give the Word a casual glance. Give it a careful gaze. Now, what does it look like? What does it look like to listen? What does good hearing of the Word look like? How do we listen to the Word so as to benefit? It involves three things. That I want to give you. First, listening requires faith. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For indeed, we have had the good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Listen very carefully to me. Until you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will remain unable to hear. Why? Because it's the work of the Holy Spirit in you that gives you ears to hear. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 
A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. That means a person without the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in them cannot understand the truth of Scripture because Scripture is spiritually discerned. In other words, it requires the work of the Spirit of God in you, communicating with your own heart and mind to help you see and understand. What I need you to understand is listening well requires faith. Secondly, listening requires diligence. Careful, persistent effort. If you want to listen well, it takes careful Persistent effort. I want to tell you, those who hear the Word but don't listen carefully, but don't consider it carefully, you're not really listening. If you never stop to ponder it and think through it, you're not really listening. Listen, to read a verse of Scripture and close your Bible and go on about your business is not really listening to the Word. To, to hear the Word of God preached and then walk away without any thoughtful consideration of what was said is not really listening. It's when hearing is combined with careful consideration that real listening takes place. Otherwise, it's just in one ear and out the other. The point is you have to spend the time and energy necessary to think carefully about the Word of God and what it means. We prayerfully seek understanding from the Spirit of God. We plead with God to open our eyes and open our ears. We ask questions. We read commentaries. We meditate on the Word. Day and night we roll it over and over in our minds. Proverbs 2, verses 3 through 5. If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Great diligence in listening to the Word of God will be rewarded with great insight with great understanding, with great growth. A lack of diligence in careful, thoughtful pursuit of Christ in the Scripture will result in a lack of insight, a lack of understanding, and a lack of growth. That's one problem with so many churches in our day and time. Shallow pulpits make shallow disciples. People who are never challenged to think carefully and deeply about the Scripture, who are never pressed to seek God and, and mull over the Scripture and really wrestle with it, people who never do that do not grow. First, listening requires faith. Second, listening requires diligence. Third, 
Listening requires application. Medicine that remains in a bottle on the shelf does a sick man no good. You have to take it down and ingest it. You have to put it to use. I'll tell you this, the Word of God has not had its full intended impact on you unless and until you put it into practice. Until you consider the effect the Word is designed to have on your thoughts, words, and actions. Until you do that, you haven't fully understood the Word. Let me say it like this. Apart from application, your listening is incomplete. It's incomplete. Be not hearers of the Word only, but be what? Doers. The process is aborted if you stop at hearing and don't do. The kind of listening Jesus is talking about is the kind of listening that responds in obedience. So we take time to ask some questions. You might want to jot these down. How should I think differently because of what the Scripture is saying to me? How should I think differently because of what this scripture is saying to me? How should I speak differently because of what this scripture is saying to me? And how should I act differently because of what this scripture is saying to me? Here's a fourth question that's a great question to ask. How should I feel differently because of what the Scripture is saying to me? Did you know the Bible is intended to have an impact on your emotions, on the way you feel? How many of you know the Scripture that says, Rejoice in the Lord always? In the Psalms, it says, Rejoice and be glad. Did you know when you read that in the Bible, God is telling you how you should feel? You with me? How do you, how do you really think through application? God, show me. How should I think differently because of this truth? How should I speak differently because of this truth? How should I act differently because of this truth? How should I feel differently because of this truth? James 1.25, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Can you hear the call from Jesus, the call to listen? To listen well. To listen with faith. To listen with diligence. To listen with application. As all of you already know, we buried Miss Ruby McAllister yesterday. What a, what a wonderful day it was, wasn't it? For, for a day, for a funeral, if you're going to have a day where you have a funeral, it was a good day. Over the last weeks and months, Miss Ruby had gotten where she couldn't hear well. 
you had to speak very loud and make sure you were looking right at her or she wouldn't understand you. Any of you who spent time with her, you know how frustrated she had gotten because she couldn't hear so much. You know, it's hard. It's sad when someone becomes hard of hearing physically. But it is far, far, far worse when someone is hard of hearing spiritually. If God has given you the ears to hear, I beg you, I beg you, please listen carefully to the Word. Please, please church, don't let the Word go in one ear and out the other. Take the time, make the effort to understand. That's why I give you a sermon handout so you can record the key insights and things that we share from the Scripture. Pray and meditate over the Word of God when you get home from church. Talk about the sermon over the dinner table. Pray for God to continue to show you how applications should take place in your life. Consider how to respond to the Word. Please, please church, don't be a casual hearer. Be a careful hearer. Don't you get it? I think some of you don't get you don't get it. Some of you you know this in theory, but the weight of what I'm fixing to say has not yet landed on you like it needs to. When you hear the word, you are listening to the voice of God. For heaven's sake, listen. Let's pray.